We're going to the book of 2 Timothy. I want to bring you a message, and I pray today that God might help us. God might strengthen us, and He might encourage you. I don't know your heart, but there's one thing I can tell you about you that I'm telling the truth on, and that is I don't want you to go to hell. And if you're saved, that's good and wonderful. I just want you to get strong and uh, strengthened in the Lord. If you're not saved, I want you to be saved. I'm not up here to make a name of myself. If I did, I'd go find me another job. You don't get to, you preach the Word of God and you don't get a name. Amen. Uh, not the kind you like. All right. But I'll tell you this much I enjoy preaching. I am not ashamed to preach, and on top of it, I wouldn't want nothing else. I'd start. I'd do it all over again because Lord, the Lord's callings are without repentance. I couldn't do nothing about it anyhow. But in Second Timothy, we want to turn to the second chapter, Second Timothy chapter two, and I want us to look at the scriptures and. Notice a few verses here. We're going to start at verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. And let's stand if you can. If you can't, just, just sit there. But I pray today that God will help you. We want to stand to the reverence of the reading of the Word of God. Paul says, study, in verse 15, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Any preacher that's ashamed of preaching the word of God, any, any Christian that's ashamed to study the word of God, any Christian that's ashamed to uh, share the word of God, uh, I'd hate to stand in your place today. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of Christ. He's the power of God unto salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. All right? Then he says this. He said, rightly dividing the word of truth, verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more what? Ungodliness. He didn't say righteousness or godliness. He said ungodliness. Then he said, and their word will eat as doth a canker. That's, that's the type of a cancer, or like a cancer, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. Now these two were problem childs in his church. You think the Apostle Paul, you think Christ, you think John the Baptist, you think Isaiah, you think Jeremiah come through life and didn't have a problem. Every man of God that's ever preached has had problems. They get they don't like people. I mean, they just don't like the preachers. Because people just don't like a preacher for some reason. I don't know what it is. Amen. Uh, I see these um, people ride down the road sometimes and they got clergy on the back of it. Amen. I don't have to advertise. Praise God. I'm afraid to do it. Amen. But let's go on what he says. Who concerning the truth have erred. That's these two fellas. Saying that the resurrection is past already. You believe that? No, it ain't happened yet. And overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let every one that nameth the name of Christ 
depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and earth and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. You can be seated. And let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege of prayer. Lord, we realize that we're not worthy to stand behind this sacred desk and declare the Word of God. Lord, we feel so inadequate, so little, so small. We feel you're so great, so mighty. And Lord, we don't deserve to stand here. But we thank you, Lord, that your grace has placed us here. And your grace has led us here. And by your grace, we'll try to do what you've asked us to do this morning and preach and teach the truth. And I pray, God, that we might do that which is needful and necessary. Lord, to please you, in Jesus' name we humbly pray. Amen. Now I want to read, please with me, a a verse that I want to kind of major on just a little bit. I won't really major on it too much because I never get involved too deep. It's always time to quit before I get too deep. And it said in verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself from these. Now God tells us to purge. Purge means uh, wash the dishes in your life. Clean out the trash. Clean out, amen, uh, where you live. I'm talking about your, your body, your soul. And he said here, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel Unto honor. I want to ask you this. Do you want to be a vessel of honor? You don't have to raise your hand. Just answer it to yourself. All right? Sanctified. Well, preacher, I don't know about that sanctified business. Well, I'm going to try to explain a little bit of that to you. But you, he tells us we've got to. And meat for the master's use. Uh, or can you ask yourself the question, am I meat for the master's use? In other words, am I qualified? And prepared unto every good work. And am I, am I ready? Am I ready? And of course after that he tells us some things we've got to do to get all that. But I'm just asking you this. Are you happy to be in the family of God? And you probably say yes and I hope you do. But do you feel like uh, you're where God really wants you to be? And have you ever wondered why God blesses some and he don't bless others? You ever wonder why the same people that go to the same church that you go to, read out the same Bible, live in the same area you live in, and God blesses one more and He does another? And then you step back and you'll say, well, God has He's a respect of persons. And you know good and well, that's not so. God don't have respect over me more than He does you. What God will do for me, He'll do for you. Amen. And that's what I'm trying to relay and convey to the hearts of God's people in these last days. I just noticed this week, I got a little thing on my phone and it said, Texans who perform abortions now face life in prison or a $100,000 fine. And I just see some saying, Woo, that's a stiff penalty. You said, that's tough. Look at Genesis 9, 6. 
And I'll show you how tough it is. Genesis 9, 6, you take a life, you're in danger. The Bible said in Genesis 9, 6, I preached this one time and a woman got up and walked out on me right here in this building. In Genesis chapter 9 and verse 6, it said, Whoso sheddeth man's blood. Do you think committing abortion is, is taking life, man's blood? That's an innocent child. By man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he man. God said if they do that, they're worthy of death, and that's capital punishment. So this fella or whoever uh, these Texans are that does that and gets this sentence, that's, that's mild. They deserve death. Ah, oh, preacher, I wouldn't do that for Let me ask you a question. Suppose somebody walked up on your porch, knocked on your door. You got three little ones sitting in the floor. Maybe you got one that's just six months old, three months old, two months old. What about a month old? What about two days old? And they walk in there and they said, we come to check on your youngins. And you got one that's two, two days old. They said, that's the one we're interested in. He pulls a gun and he said, pow! Now do you think you ought just to let them have a life sentence? You think you could handle that? God said life's important. That just come over the news. And I said, boy, they don't even know what these people are fussing about that, that sentence. $100,000 or life imprisonment. Hey, what we going to do since you kill somebody, we going to feed you three times a day, give you a place to stay, and we're going to take care of you. Amen. I'll get off that note. That's not the message. I just thought I'd throw that in. Ain't you glad? I heard and I read it two or three times. California's governor said this week that they're banning the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. Anybody see that? Okay. You remember seven months ago I said that we would be able to buy or, or buy a new a gas-powered vehicle by 2030? Well, they've upped it to 2035. When I said it seven months ago, people laughed at me. Now I read last night that 15 more states are following suit. They haven't come out with it yet, but 15 more states are. Washington, Oregon, Starting on that bad side over there. I told you that by 2025, you're going to have a hard time buying a gasoline, uh, what a chainsaw, lawnmower, any of that. Weed eater. It's going to batter. Have you noticed that a lot of them are already changing? Did you know that they're already increasing? Electric cars, battery cars now. By the drove, they're they're making them faster than you didn't even think about it. Giving you incentives to buy. We're headed in the wrong direction. 
I'm not here to talk about the politics, but I'm telling you we've got some things that are going to us. Have you ever stopped to think about this morning that you'd be like you'd like to be like David? You know what the Bible said about David? David was a man after God's own heart. But have you ever wondered what I could do to be a man or woman that would uh, be classified as somebody that followed after God's own heart? Have you ever been like David or want to be like David where he said, delight thyself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart? How many of you like to have the desires of your heart given to you? So you don't know what I'm talking about. I've experienced those verses. I know what it means. Uh, I've not been, I don't never have thought I've been after God's own heart. I've sought it, but I don't believe I classified with David and David and all his mighty works. But I look at these things and I think about all the troubles and the trials and the stuff that goes on. I was thinking about yesterday, the stuff that we're having to face today, and not me, but other people around me. The things that are going on and people all dist- distraught and disrupted and torn up and upset. Now see, and about that time on the radio, somebody sung a song that he's the calm in the midst of the storm. Amen. And I started shouting and I made myself a little spell in the living room and praise God I had myself a time. And I sat there and started crying and weeping. And I was thinking about what God's done for me. What God is doing for me. And I'm sure what God's going to do for me. I even said, praise God. And I said, Lord, that's on credit. For the things you're going to do. Amen. I thought, have you ever been in the storm? Somebody just said this. I don't know who it was. It might have been somebody in this building. I, I forget. It's good that I've got a bad memory. I just can't remember things like I used to. And I've never been able to remember too much. But sometimes I get to thinking about all. But somebody, some lady, I know it's a lady. I don't know who it was. And if it was one of you, you'll probably recognize it when I say it. But, uh, amen. And it might have been somebody out in the public. I don't know where it was. But they said there's a storm coming up the other night or the other day or something. And they just waited about going to bed. because, And I didn't even know the storm had come through. And I thought about, I've been in the storm. I've been there where the thunder rolled and the lightning flashed and the trees shook. And I watched out the window and seen the trees are flapping back and forth. And I said, praise God. If they can do that, I can too. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. I'm in the storm. I'm just sitting there. And I said, you know what? You know what it is? I've never been in a hurricane I've never been in a, in a tornado. I've heard them come by my house a few times. Uh, one went over our place where I was living in the pastorium one time and went over and sat down and destructed a whole bunch of things right close to where I live, about a couple of miles away from me. Just cleaned it out in the path. And I heard all that. And you you know, but they tell me when the Hurricane comes, and they'll talk about the eye of the storm. Anybody ever been in the eye of a storm? Anybody in here? I've never been in the eye of a storm. I'm talking about like a hurricane. 
But when you're in the eye of the storm, you step to the right and go far wherever it is. That eye of the storm don't go forever. It go, and you're back in the storm. You go the other way and you're back in the storm. You go that way. You're in the, eye. the storm is just a little. And I'm saying, thank God, I'm in the eye of the storm. Amen. It's raging all around me. But there's a big calm in the middle of that. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad? Praise God for that. Amen. He's the calm. I wish I sometimes think, Lord, I'd like to be like old David. I will lift mine eyes unto the hills which come my help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. Praise God. Amen. When I get in trouble sometimes I start talking to my friends and talking to uh, other people. You know, as others that's been in the battle and in the fight and in the storm. But you know what? What I need to do and what you need to do is listen to the precious Word of God. Amen. Now let me just say something to you this morning. I believe we need to hear God. I'm going to give you some things about it this morning. And I pray to help you. You said, preacher, I'm sitting here and taking notes. That's fine. I'm afraid sometimes we take more notes than what we ought to be taking. We ought to be hearing the Word of God. Good to take notes, but just enough notes to come back to and refer to it. Don't try to take down every word I say. You're going to have to be good if you do that. Amen. And we got so many good pieces of uh, equipment that we can get you that to listen to again, but I ain't so sure you would. Hear me? Amen. Amen. But we can do that. We're in a modern hour. We're in a modern day. But what we need to... There's a lady got mad at me not too long ago. Bless you. Bless she did because she didn't come back. She sat back there and I went out and she talked to me a little while after I let everybody else talk to her. And, and then I, she said, well, I got the, I took this notes from you and I took these notes from the preacher and I took this notes. And I said, lady, throw them notes away and start all over. She done hurt notes of preachers, hurt notes of preachers, and her life's still messed up. It's sometime we've got to dump it and start over. You said, I wouldn't have told her that. You probably wouldn't. You didn't, did you? She ain't been back, and I hope she didn't get mad, but I told her the truth. Amen. I can take notes on how to keep my car going, but he'll still quit. You understand? Amen. You got to put your life in the hands of God so that when you call on God, have you ever seen people that you, when you got in trouble and need, you wanted them to pray for you? Amen. I don't have my watch, so when it gets close to 12, you let me know. Amen. And don't go to sleep. Amen. I'm telling you. We get a lot of things going around us and we got too much going on around uh, in us and through us and it's high time that we begin to let God work through us. Amen. If you get through before I do, you can leave. And I get through, uh, I'll, I'll quit. And then I'll leave. But I'll tell you this, we hang here together and God gets through before we all do and takes us home, we all going to be judged. We're in trouble. Amen. So I'm saying to you, here's what we need to do. Number one, 
We need to lift our eyes. This means we want to go to the hills. And let our attention be to the Lord. Number two, we need to listen to the Word of God as God speaks through the men of God. We need, number three, to meditate on the Word of God. Psalm 1. Blessed man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, for his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate. Amen. And if you'll study it, it may have appeared behind it. Anybody remember it? Meditate day and night. Amen. Praise God. That'll keep you going. That's where your meditation is. All right. Need to meditate. Psalm 1. We need to apply it to our heart. We need to apply it to our soul. We need to apply it to our mind. We need to apply it to our body. We need to apply the Word of God to our body. Absolutely. Did you know the body this morning uh, is, is a trinity? I mean, the, the man is a trinity. He has a body. He has a soul. He has a spirit. You know which one you give most interest to today? The body. You know which ones need the interest? The soul and the spirit. I, I'll liken it to the Old Testament Tabernacle, if you'll stop at that. I'm just giving you this to throw at you, and I pray that you'll take it. In the tabernacle, you had the outer court, then you had uh, the inner quarter court, and then you had the holy of holies, or the most holy place, or the most inner court. Each one of those were stages of righteousness. Wasn't so righteous on the outside as it was in the middle, as it was in the inner court. Where did God dwell? He didn't dwell on the outside, He dwelled on the inside. And in the Holy of Holies. That's where God wants us. Our body, or the outer court, is representative of the body that we dwell in. The inner court. In the middle is the soul where God is in the presence of God and the spirit is the innermost being of man where it communicates with God. You've got to get that right now. And you know what we worry about? Oh, my foot killing me. My arm can't straighten it out. I'm hungry. Got a headache, got a toe ache, all about to fall apart. But we never worry about the soul and the spirit. That's right. We don't feed the inner man. So we have problems with that. Amen. What should we do? Well, we should apply the Word of God to our body. If we apply the Word of God to our body, we'll bring our body, we'll bring our body, we'll bring our Temple will bring our outward man into the presence of God. And the Word of God will begin to take control of it. It'll take care of our mind and our body. Somebody said, Don't do nothing my headache. You get so full of God, you won't even know you got a headache. That's right. I've come to the pulpit a lot of times with a headache, felt bad, and left out feeling very, very good. Till I got out the door and then all that pain come back. Been there. 
Brother, I'll tell you, God knows how to take care of being. We need to apply it to our body, our soul, and our spirit. We need to not only apply it, but we need to obey it. We need to heed it. We need to walk in it. We need to cling to it. We need to claim it. We need to trust it. I'm talking about the Word of God. Amen. David said, he loved it. Well, I believe it's Joel. Job said, he, he desired it more than the necessary food. Maybe one of them two said it. You understand what I'm saying? Or maybe both of them said it. I don't know. But anyhow, we should desire the Word of God better than beans and taters. Huh? How often you went to the table and sat down to eat a hamburger and said, wait just a minute, I've got to read some Bible. I desire it better. That's smart, wasn't it? I mean, boy. They said, preach, those are the things I don't like about you. Well, I'm just trying to get your attention. <laughs> Amen. You know you need the Bible worse. Why should we even study the Bible? That's what I read a while ago. We need to study it. Well, because the Bible is the divine revelation of God. The Bible is the message or what God conveys His divine message through. What we get from the Word of God is divine. It carries a divine authority. God has the authority. It gives us historical information. It gives us doctrinal instruction. It gives us spiritual inspiration. We need to know the revelation of the Word of God. We need to heed the message of the Word of God. We need to submit to the authority of the Word of God. We must learn the contents of the Word of God. We must learn its teachings. We must learn its message. We will profit from it intelligently. We will profit from it in moral guidance. We will profit from it in doctrinal truths. These are some things I jotted down sometime back and just found them and I thought, praise God, I'll shell it out. We need to study it with a bird's eye view. Have you ever seen birds? Some of the bigger birds, they can spot a meal way out yonder, uh, spot a rat in the field, and you wouldn't even know it's there. But it just sits there and waits. It's, it's time for lunch and it gets it. You understand? But a bird's eye view, what I'm talking about is we need to study it book by book and overall looking down on the Word of God and trying to get you an idea of what the entire Bible is all about. A lot of Christians don't even know what the entire Bible is all about. It's just a book. Amen. I can tell some of y'all ain't studied all your life. You say, I've studied my Bible for 20 years. Yeah, you been bird picking it. You pick a little bite here and pick a little bite there. Then you need to study it uh, from not just from the telescopic view, like a bird's, bird's eye view, but you need to get it up and put it under a microscope. And to look at it verse by verse, word by word, chapter by chapter, book by book. You need to read the book so you'll know more about the book. One time through, if you pick a book, suppose you've said, I don't know much about that book of James. Why don't you go home and practice this? Some of y'all ain't got nothing to do next week but fast and grunt and fuss. 
Go home and get your Bible and sit down and read the book of James or some other book. Read it about ten times straight through. You say, in a week? No, I'm talking about the first day. Said, preacher, you can't read. You can do it. They got programs where you can read the Bible in a year. And I know some has read it two or three times already this year. And I'm not one for sitting down and reading it from Genesis to Revelation. Because I can do that and I get hung up on some of it and I can't remember it when I get to the end. That's not what he's saying. He didn't say, read the Word of God in verse 15 to show thyself approved. He said, study the Word of God. Now when you study it, has any of you ever worked on a car and before you changed a part in that thing, you studied to see how to do it? Or you just go, yeah. You just go out there and take it all apart one time and try to figure out where it's at first. And then uh, when you got all them parts laying in the floor and found out you still ain't got the parts you needed. And then when you put the right part in, you can't figure out how to get it all back together again. That's what you'll do with the Bible. But what you do, you study it. That's where that meditating comes. You study the Word of God. You study the Word of God. And you study the Word of God. And then you will over. And matter of fact, you'll even mess up then. If you stayed a long time, you say, Whew, all I'd had done is take out this pen here and I could have moved that thing and put another in right there. After you done got half the car in the yard. You've been there. You ladies done the same thing. In cook in cooking. A lot of you ladies done cooking. You you found so many, so many different shortcuts. Amen. Some of you ladies, you say well, you put a pinch of this and splatter of that and a touch of that. Write that on a recipe. Somebody will ask you later, how do you make this? You say, well, I just do a little of this and a little of that. And I... Yeah, nobody can copy that. You've done tried it so many times it works, but sometime along you had to practice with it. The Word of God's the same way. You study it to show yourself approved. So you look at it. Amen. Then you, after you read it about ten times, come back and read it again. But this time, start with a verse and write down everything you know about a verse. So like old young preacher, you look at the young preacher and you say, what you need to do is preach the Word of God. He said, where do, you, where do you start? Don't know. Just start wherever you want to start or wherever God tells you to start. And you say all you can. If you start with chapter 1 and end up at 20 chapters and you ain't said nothing but a few things in 10, ver- in, in 10 minutes, at least you've got to start. You'll learn next time how to get deeper into that. And it'll, it'll catch on after a while. Amen. I like to look at this and I appreciate the Lord and what He does. Now let me just give you something else. I heard somebody say, it's on the radio and the preacher's preaching, he said, well, they're church-going Christians. Now I've, I've heard that before. I've even said that before. And I don't know if that's a good term. All Christians are supposed to be church-going Christians. What he is trying to say is they're regular members and regular attenders. So then I just made myself a little note. You take this uh, 
smoke on it after a while. See what it does for you. I wrote down church-going Christians. I pastored them down through the years. I pastored beach-warming Christians. I've said to people, hey, can, I, can you do that? No, no. I just, I can just bench warm. I just, I just sit on the bench. Can't get them to do nothing. I mean, they'd trip over the trash and pick it up. Beach warming. And then I wrote this one down. Beach going Christians. They're everywhere. Churches are full of them here in America in Habersham County. They're beach going Christians. Sometimes a preacher goes with them and they have a beach party. It's dying down a little bit there. I know y'all you, you, you're commenting, but you're commenting low. Uh, we got churches, I believe they're fornicating Christians. They think they now they're 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 real firm in what they believe. I don't agree with them. Amen. Fell asked a fellow one time, he said, What are you anyhow? He spent a little while with him. He'd come to visit him. And he didn't know much about him. He didn't know where to go. So he took him in. He said he'd come in and said he smelt like a goat. Stunk bad. Nice as he could be. And said finally, he looked at him. He said, what, what kind of religion are you? He said, I'm Muslim. He said, you're Muslim? He said, can I ask you a question? Why are you Muslim? He said, because you can have four wives. And I got all four of them. And that fellow looked at him and he said, how in the world can somebody stink as bad as you stink, have four wives? Hey, ladies, would you like to be married to somebody that stinks like a goat? That's why, I mean, there's people part of everything. You'd be surprised why people, some people are Baptists. Amen. I never ask, I'm going to have to start asking that question. Why are you a Baptist? I've heard this one. That's all I've ever been. Mama was a Baptist. Daddy was a Baptist. Grandpa was a Baptist. My cousins have been Baptist. We've always been Baptist. We're all Baptists right here. we all Baptist preachers right here, except what them have been messed with. Amen. You with me? Well, I, I've, I've seen them. We've got, we got lottery-playing Christians. Walked in the other day in a place and I said, how you doing? He said, I'd be doing better if I'd won the lottery. You talk to him about his soul and he's a Christian. I know church members, if you'll sit at some of these places where they sell lottery tickets, you'll see them every morning at a certain time come in and get their lottery tickets. What about them, what we call drinking Baptists? They like to put a little term in front of it called social. Social drinker. Boy, it sure got quiet there. What about them that they call themselves lying Baptists or lying Christians? The Bible said all liars have their part. What about a cussing Christian? What about a deadbeat Christian? Won't pay his bills. What about a gossiping Christian? 
Are you understanding what I'm saying? Our churches are in need of being on fire for God and the church needs to see more than a building on the side of the road. Remember last Sunday we had a fellow come in out of our Bible, club, our Bible class at McDonald's our morning, our morning Bible class. He sat right back there behind Brother Virgil. And uh, I tried to drum me up another on Saturday. And I said, uh, I called his name and I said, I'm still saving you a seat. He said, I'm coming, I'm coming. I want to hear you preach. I said, amen. And I looked at him and I said, I dare you. And I thought maybe he might show up today. His wife was with him. He's going to bring her too, I'm sure. I want you to know. I want him to know that I'm not just running a trail with some others. I want to let them know that I care for their soul, that they need God. Do you? I love to, I get up in the morning and say, Lord, God, help me. God help me. You say, what I got to do then? Well, you got to ask God when you look at the Word of God who He's speaking to, who you think He's speaking to when you read it. Who you, yeah. You say, now, Lord, you're speaking to my neighbor over there. Uh, you're speaking to that, them people in the Old Testament. No, you're speaking to them people in the New Testament. You're speaking to them over. No, when He's speaking, who's speaking to God, every time he reads the Bible, every time you read it, he's speaking to you. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 Then you've got to say, Lord, what are you saying? And Lord, what is it you want me to do? What do you think he wants you? He wants you to do what he just told you to do. He said, I'll tell you, preacher, I would do this if God ever showed me. I've heard people say that. They're so blind they can't see it. God of this age has blinded their minds. Amen. Sometimes preachers don't study enough and they overlook what they even need in their life. I've been guilty of that a few times, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying my best to get out of that. The Word of God, I want God to speak to me. And every time, I, there's not a week goes by but what I don't read several places in the Word of God where I need to correct something. Oh, I ain't been out drunk. I ain't run here and there. I ain't played the lottery. All of it. Oh, that's just trivial things that people... I believe you when you get right with God, you quit all that anyhow. Say amen there. Most, most, Why, well, I believe I'd, I'd live as loose as anybody. Well, there's a danger for that. And the last words you'll ever hear will be, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I believe we need to study the Word of God daily. I need, we, need, we need to study it diligently. I believe we need to study it directly. I need, we, we need to study it definitely. And we need to study it delightfully. Tickle to death. Get to read the Bible. Yeah. I believe we need to study it prayerfully. Amen. Well, you said why? Because we've got all this other stuff going on. The world's going to hell. We're in a, we're in a lost condition in a nation. Our nation's going down quickly. Had an unbeliever this week talk to me and he says, you know what? He said, I don't know what's going to happen to us. That's what he said to me. I said, well, I can go so far and tell you what 
uh, what the Bible says is going to happen. I said, I can't give you the details. I can't tell you when it's going to happen, but I can tell you some things are going to happen. I can't tell you where I'm going to be here or not. I can't tell where the church is going to be here or not. I believe the church is going to be called out of the tribulation part, but I don't know what we might face before we get to that part. He said, we ain't going to face nothing. Well, they burned them at stake in my day, and not my day, but before my day. They put them in jail. Paul went to prison and jail for preaching the word. We may not be exempt from that either. You understand what I'm saying? But at some point in time, the Lord's coming for us. I got hope in that. Praise God. I hope I give you enough. Maybe you got more than you can chew, but I give you enough that I think we can go home and study on it. I praise the Lord today for His goodness and His mercy. Study to show thyself approved. Study to show thyself approved. Now look at this. You don't study so that people would look at you and think you're something good and great and you know the Bible. If anybody says anything about him, I hope they can say he knows his Bible. But I don't want them to say it in a bragging manner to brag on me because it's hard work. Study and study is hard work. You know why you don't study it? It's hard work. Ecclesiastes, the man that's so smart, said, Much study is a weariness to the flesh. You study about three or four hours and see if you feel good. I mean, you're sitting, you're not, you're not moving, you ain't running a marathon. But I'll tell you one thing you let the scriptures running through your head. Uh, it'll blog it, but I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll clean it out too. You study the Word of God. See if you don't have a clean mind. Amen. Read the Word of God. Get God's Word and see if you can study it mad. See if you can have hatred in your heart reading the Word of God. It'll get rid of all that junk for you. It'll clean out your mind, body, and soul. Amen. Now you're going to wonder why you get mad every once in a while. You ain't in the Bible enough. That includes the preacher too as well, by the way. All of us, heads bowed, eyes closed. Thank you for coming to the house of the Lord this morning.